It's episode 134 of the Auto What podcast. I'm Amon Bashir. With me is Rob Trell and Keegan On. You have to do something every time, right? Yeah, well, we're on, yep. we're ah. on the Facebook oh, now. Yes. <laughs> All right. Our guest today is John Gerges. How you doing, John? I'm good. How are you? Good. Thanks, Thanks for com- having me on. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, John, you brought some treats for us. Yeah, I did. Uh, which is awesome because uh, we're usually the ones to buy things for <laughs> our guests. So much appreciated. Uh, but can you talk about what you brought and where you brought it from? Sure. Uh, so I went ahead and brought a sandwich with me, uh, along with a couple of miniature cakes from a place called Holland's Cake and Shake. It's uh, off of Parkdale on Holland Street. Right. And uh, it basically has the best pastry chef in town, Michael Holland. Lots of Hollands in that sentence. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, yeah, and uh, he's known as the overlord of Bakers in Ottawa, and he has a tattoo that says overlord going across <laughs> his different knuckles. It's <laughs> like uh, a gang tattoo. Yeah, awesome. exactly. I love that. Anyway, um, so the unique thing about this place is that they change their menu every week. So every week you can go and find four unique sandwiches. Every week you can go find six unique cakes. Right. And sometimes they have themes, so there'll be a Charlie and the Chocolate Factory theme or something completely different. And sometimes they don't have themes at all, like today. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just like straight up chocolate, straight up confetti cakes and that sort of thing. And, and so that's the interesting thing about this place. And it's not just like, so you talked about obviously the treats in front of us, but the sandwich wasn't just your ordinary sandwich. What, what did right. we have today? Right. Uh, so it was a turkey sandwich and I'm I'm sorry to Michael Holland. I'm going to butcher some of what was in there, but there was <laughs> definitely some uh, blueberry sauce. There were definitely actual apple slices. Okay. okay. Uh, there's chips that go on right below the top you know bun yep. that way you can get a little bit of extra crunch even if the bread itself is not that crunchy yeah so uh it gets pretty unique and, and it was really good it was just it, it's a it's unlike any sandwich i'd have yeah hmm. but like so you've frequented that place so yeah so i always try to go once a week that way it adds a little bit of variety to my weekly diet where i know that i'm gonna get something new every week right and i don't have to put effort into cooking which I'm terrible <laughs> at, but yeah, it, it's pretty fun. But what what if you like a certain sandwich? You just can't have it again? Well, then I th- guess you're going to have to take inspiration from it and make it yourself. Mm. Or stockpile them. Yeah, it's, a, it's one of those places that it's forces good. you to be a yeah. better person. I guess. Has it, has it worked? It has not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So we're, uh, we're all, we'll snack on those treats where we had the sandwiches, but we have the, the cupcakes, the cakes. I, I think they classified them as actual cakes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Cakes. We have the cakes as well. Keegan's Mini cakes, anyways. Keegan's wanting to get into that, so go ahead if you want. Sure. Uh, <laughs> but while Keegan's doing that, uh, I want to get to know sort of your your background before we get to some of the, the some of the, the the things you do today. So you know where are you from, and sort of how did you get to to where you are? All right. Uh, so first of all, my name's John Gerges, and uh, for most people, that doesn't immediately tell you where I'm from. But for a few people in Ottawa, you immediately know that I'm Egyptian because uh, the name Gerges is George in Egyptian Arabic. Oh, okay. Uh, so my name is as boring as it gets. It's John George. And, uh, John George, okay. Yeah, I was born to Egyptian parents. And pretty much as soon as they had me, they decided, well, let's let's try and forge a better life for our children. So we actually went to Dubai when I was two months old. All the way until I was 15. So I grew up in oh, Dubai as it was becoming the city that oh, wow, everyone yeah. hears about. Yeah. Um, and then when I was 15, you know, the city that everyone hears about doesn't have great education. So when I was 15, my dad starts having this conversation with me over, you know, what do you want to study next and what do you want to do next? And I was like, I think I'd like to go to a university that's really nice. And he's like, where? And I said, Canada. And he what? started job hunting and we came here when I was 15. What, what had Canada on your radar? So uh, I'd actually visited Canada as a kid multiple times. My mom has a few relatives here. My dad has a few friends here. And every time I visited it, it was, you know, when you're a kid and something's just different and you fall in love with it because Mm. it's different, not necessarily because of any particular thing. Okay. So I'd come here and the sunlight, the shade of sun would be different. The way people walked would be different. The fact that it's not 45 degrees all the time was a little different. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So came here. this week, apparently. Yeah. Well, except for, yeah. (laughs) But then this week, it's still hotter there. So you used to look at the temperature forecast there. It's like 50 with, you know, the humidex. I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, yeah. no thanks. I'll take this. Um, yeah. So I come to Canada as a kid and every time I come to Canada, I think it was the bee's knees. And then one time my dad's having a chat with me and I'm like, I'd really like to move. And he made it happen. And yeah. 
question in dubai is the bee's knees a thing uh no it is not <laughs> <Just kidding>. no <laughs> there's many wrong places we could take that joke about okay. covered knees and that's things a, like oh, that. let's leave it be <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so looking back on your uh teenage decision basically to move to canada do you agree with your your former self are you like happy with the the move and how you know, it all not, not to get into geopolitics or anything, yeah. but yeah, I'd say it was probably the best decision, mm-hmm. you know, a 15 year old who doesn't know anything yeah, could, have, yeah. could have actually made at the time. Yeah. Oh, and great. I'm very happy that I did make that decision because, you know, I have so much freedom. I have so much happiness here. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure some part of it is your brain will just convince you that you've always made the correct yeah, decisions yeah, because otherwise yeah. too. it would be convincing you that you're not making the best decisions. But yeah, I, I still quite enjoy being here were there other countries you were thinking about or was it mainly you knew you wanted to come to canada uh canada was the one that i had visited the most as a kid i mean sure. i'd visited you know the u.s one time and sure. visited the uk a couple of times but canada was really you know as a kid you go and you see family members and family friends and that sort of thing and yep. it just it all clicks together like oh yeah this is like my second and or third home sure. after egypt of course yes, yes. um but <laughs> yeah okay it just clicked in a way that was kind of made it seem like there wasn't even another option makes sense and where in Canada did you land? So I, I came to Ottawa directly. Uh, right my dad right. found oh. a job here in Ottawa and yeah, he took a slight pay cut to make sure that I was happy, but wow, yeah, okay, I am happy. Yeah, that makes sense. So you've been, so how long have you been in Ottawa, sorry? Uh, so since 2007. 2007. So. Yeah, so it was actually, um, I have a really funny story about that. Sure. So um, I was coming to Canada when the iPhone was being announced. I was literally on the plane and I was a huge techie as a kid. Sure. So I, I hop on the plane and I don't know if you guys remember, but at the time Apple hadn't said they were announcing the iPhone, but everyone knew they were going to announce uh, the iPhone. Okay, yeah. Um, so I hop on the plane and I'm like, I wonder if they're going to announce the iPhone. Sure. And then I land from the plane and the first thing I'm like, Look, find me some internet. I need to find out if they announced the iPhone. And then <laughs> you it's didn't kind just of- take your phone out and check because that yeah, didn't well, exist. Yeah. Yeah. Correct, <laughs> correct. Because back then, I, I mean, it was really weird. Your phones wouldn't work across the oceans, yeah, right? Yeah. They had different bands in one side and the oh, other side. So yeah. you'd have to get a new phone as soon as you came here. Yeah, so I get off the plane and pretty much immediately I'm thinking to myself, like, did they do it? Did they do it? And uh, it's been surreal because now they're announcing the 10th I, the yeah. 10th anniversary iPhone, the iPhone X slash 10. Yeah. And it's just really different where I am in life today versus 10 years ago or 10 years ago, like, I was changing countries and now I'm just like having a blast in life. Would you say you changed as much as the iPhone has? <laughs> oh. Uh, that's a trick question. You're either trying to get me to say that the iPhone hasn't changed. Yep. Or <laughs> so you don't have to answer that. I, I've lost a few bezels along the way. Okay, there you go. <laughs> that's awesome. Very cool. So uh, you went through uh, uh, school. What did you study, yeah. sorry? So I've done all of my higher education at U Ottawa. Okay. Uh, so, studying i've i've done all of my education in biochemistry Chemi- bio- I, I found a theme and stuck to it yeah, that makes yeah. sense <laughs> and and that's that got to you know where you are today yeah. which is working in uh, is a bio lab is that what i saw yeah yeah so uh is it okay if i hop in go ahead uh, yeah, yeah. so uh, one of the things that i do in my free time is work in a community lab uh, or as it's otherwise publicly known a diy do-it-yourself biology lab and the concept behind these things is think back to like the 70s the 80s you know as techies in the room we're thinking like the era of steve jobs and bill gates like hacking things together or in different places and the the whole thing is you know computers used to be these giant room-sized things that would just calculate basic numbers and then at some point someone thought to themselves well the average person could use these and most average people said at the time well what's the use and that's kind of where the logic of diy bio labs is it's like labs are these like huge spaces that sit in facilities and who would ever want one in their house and what would they do with it but we're trying to kickstart this kind of community-wide community-driven effect where people can learn biology learn how to do research learn how to modify their own organisms do it themselves and see what they come up with or see what they do Mm -hmm. um you know there's thousands of rare diseases that no one ever researches but imagine if every single person who had a rare disease also had the knowledge on how to research how to cure it it would be a world where you don't struggle as much yeah absolutely so so where is this lab so uh, this lab is found currently in Arts Court. 
So are you guys familiar with where that is? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So for the viewers that aren't familiar, uh, it's if you know the old jail building across from the Rito, it's actually connected to the same jail. It's the really pretty building right across from Rito on the other side of the street. Mm-hmm. And uh, for now, it's a pretty modest space. You know, maybe three or four people can co-work at the same time. But we're hoping with our current, you know, space sponsor to uh, move to a bigger space by the end of the year. Nice. And uh, there's lots of jokes going around about maybe having living walls and things like that in there, which we <laughs> we definitely probably will not have. Definitely yeah. probably will not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're still hoping that our next space will be something, you know, mind blowing. That way someone walks into the space and they're immediately feeling like this is high tech. This is amazing. I, I want to work here. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And sorry, once again, it's called Biotown. Right. It's called Biotown. Biotown. And okay. uh, sorry, is it okay if I quiz the three of you over what you think the name means? Absolutely. Absolutely, yes. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Go, go ahead. It's fine. <laughs> go ahead. Guess. Oh. Um. So sorry. Before you go ahead with this, only two people have ever gotten the pun. I. Well, I'm thinking it's a mix of by town and O town, but. Okay. Bio town. Oh, I don't want to say much. <laughs> and bio, I guess. Yeah. I, I was thinking O town. That kind of thing. Yeah, I didn't so get the mo- most part. people get O-Town. So you're number three. Congratulations. Oh, that's wow. awesome. Yeah, so uh, I'll take it. you're in <laughs> great company, by the way. There's a museum curator, curator who got that and a biohacker, like someone who hacks their own body to do biological things like screens in their arms or things. So this person hasn't done that so far, but they're they're in that field. Sounds I do all kinds of things yeah, yeah. to my body. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Wrong conversation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. So, Great company. Um, I like yeah, it. Yeah, it's a combination of biology and Bytown. We're hoping the old sounds- Ottawa name, basically. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love it. John, I imagine uh, a significant hurdle you have at Biotown is convincing people who maybe aren't science literate to to engage or to come and, and see the space and and learn about uh science in general i'm not science science literate person for example like how, how do you how do you inspire people to uh you know how do, how do you uh reach out to people so the problem with it is twofold. Uh, the first one is it's kind of complicated to explain to someone why they want high-end research in their lives. Mm-hmm. Usually what ends up happening is someone runs into a problem that they finally understand high-end research will solve, and then they retroactively go ahead and look back through all the things they learned and try to see what you know they can add to that and find us. Yeah. And then they go through that. Uh, a good example is there's this farmer out east who uh, got sick of, you know, having to constantly test his water or having constantly someone else tell him whether his crops are good or not or predict whether his crops are going to be good or not. And he's been showing up and just, you know, just basically trying to see whether, you know, you can improve manure or you can improve fertilizer or that sort of thing. And while we haven't gotten anywhere with that particular project yet, you know, usually what interests people in high-end research is having a problem that they want to solve. Yeah. Um, Otherwise, the other group of people that we really run into is the people who've heard of the concepts of high-end research, like CRISPR, GMOs, that sort of thing. And they really just want footnotes. They really yeah. just want to know, tell me what I should think, why I should think it, right. and that's that's enough for yeah, me. Yeah. So, um, yeah, for that person, we're trying to have classes and sessions. We're actually going to have a uh, really exciting CRISPR talk in about a month mm-hmm. where we're going to try to have an ethicist, a lawyer, and a scientist all on one panel so you can... Get all your answers in one place. Cool. Um, yeah, but basically, if you are interested in research, you absolutely can come to our space, and we have one-on-one tutoring. We have all the tools that you need to do your own research and that sort of thing. Oh, that's mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Oh, yeah. I, I imagine that's a bit of an uphill battle these days. Uh, the, you know, the battling the the science literacy or or illiteracy piece. Are you saying I mean, we live in an anti-intellectual state, Amon? Is that what you're inferring? <laughs> it's just a constant battle between science and fake news. I feel, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. but but no, I mean I'm I'm you know you you touched on sort of like the um the point about people just sort of looking at the footnotes or yeah. or, or or headlines or clickbait yeah. or, or or whatever you know what what uh, aside from having obviously people available like as you're saying in you know, whether it's Biotown or elsewhere what can people do to sort of combat that right because there there is a lot of misinformation yeah. out there. So 
Okay. Um, I think some part of it is going to happen, uh, have to happen at an educational level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I can give tons of examples of things that people get wrong in everyday life. Sure. Because they're not scientifically literate enough. Right. Uh, my mom, for example, I mean, let's not go too far. My mom, for example, <laughs> every time I get sick, she's like, take an antibiotic. I'm like, right. mom, you know, those only work for bacteria and right. fungal infections. Like, you're not going to do anything to a virus, which is most sicknesses mm-hmm. that happen to people generally. You're not going to do anything to a virus with an antibiotic. In fact, you're just harming the environment. Right. You're putting in an anti, um, antibacterial somewhere that bacteria can grow resistance to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you're actually weakening the body because the body now has to contend with both the virus and the antibacterial taking up its resources. Um, I mean, there's examples like that. There's yeah. people, you know, most people in this room have, and most people in Ottawa probably have tried to go on a diet at some point. And most not, people not don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> Go <laughs> ahead. <laughs> really? <laughs> but, you know, the basic scientific understanding of why a diet might work or why a diet might not work, the basic actual breakdown of, you know, how much of it is diet, how much of it is exercise, it's like 90-10, by the way. Right. Um, I mean, that basic knowledge, that that basic literacy of how your body works would actually do people a lot of help. I hear yeah, people yeah. all the time say, oh, well, I just can't lose weight and I know I'm overweight, but... <laughs> I just hear it all the time and I'm like, well, are you trying, are you actually trying to make it work? Do you know how to make it work? And, you know, interesting. mostly I get, so, well, you know, I'm, I'm starving myself. I'm like, well, if you're starving yourself, your body is going to try to shut down and save your energy because it yeah. thinks you're going to die. Interesting. But, okay. No, I, anyways, it, it's, it's, uh, it's an interesting time right now when it comes to that. Right? Yeah, of and course. I think obviously there are a lot of people who are, who are looking at different approaches in terms of that and you know, just to make sure you know, accurate information is the one is the type of information that's being spread. But Thanks, Facebook. Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And they're they're playing a big part, right? Yeah, of course. But uh, but so bringing it back to sort of Biotown and sort of you know the work that you are doing. How do you, or first of all, what's your role with your organization? Okay, so uh, I actually have a lot of hats in the organization. Yeah. Uh, I'm the treasurer, chief tech officer. I do a lot of the science stuff. Yep. I um, I do some public outreach stuff. Promotion, Uh, right. I I actually have a lot of hats in the organization. My official role is just co-founder and treasurer, but I really do quite a bit of things in there. And we all do, really. It's hmm. not just me. We all have many hats in the organization because the team's about six or seven core people at the time. So we all wear many hats at all times. Which makes sense. So as a co-founder, as a part of a, a relatively small team, how do you how do you how do you promote yourselves and and show sort of in yeah i guess first of all how do you promote yourselves and 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 how how has that worked how's that fared for you okay uh so i could tell you about one of our most successful partnerships and how it started sure so uh when we first started biotown we just sent out a mass uh template email which people who received i hope you don't know it was a template now <laughs> but yeah, we sent out a mass template email just asking people in the city whether they'd like to support us in any way. Right. And we sent this out to everyone, research yeah. facilities, museums, restaurants. You know, if you can think of someone who has a public email who has mentioned the word science ever in their lives, we we tried to get sure. an email in front of their eyes. And we actually got back a message from the Museum of Nature. Okay. And they said, can you please come in and we, we'd like to talk. And we went to them and we're like, hi, how, how do you see this collaboration going? And they said, well, we wanted to start an open access lab. Oh, uh-huh. and we got stuck somewhere. I don't remember quite where they got sure. stuck, but they're like, we wanted to do this and we're glad you're doing this. So how do you want us to work with you? Okay, and we started cool. doing science by night events and we started doing um, nature nocturne events with them. Oh, hey, and that's cool. Yeah, that's been cool. Uh, I actually have a funny story. Sorry, so I'm going to combine these two topics of how do you get the word out and science literacy at the same time. So uh, the other co-founders all hate the story. Every time I mention it, they're like, I can't believe you did that. It was probably legal on multiple levels. But (laughs) don't worry, don't worry. It's it's going to go somewhere (laughs) good. So on our first... um, Nature Nocturne event, what we actually did is we went and found the naturally occurring brightest glowing bacteria on Earth, uh, Phosphobacterium phosphorium. And this thing, basically, if you turn the lights off, you can see it bright, a glow, just like any light would be. Sure. Uh, So we went and we got it and we put it in little pendants and we started handing it out to people and we started handing it out to people for free. So, you know, most people would come and they don't rec- they don't quite understand what it is. They don't quite understand why it's there. And now we're telling them it's free and suddenly all their fear is there. So I just wanted to do something to make people relax a little. 
Like, oh, hey, oh, science no. is science is not scary. Oh no. So you can imagine that these pendants are just like <laughs> yeah. almost tiny shot glass sized. Yeah. So at some point I grab one and I just downed it in front of patrons. And a lot of people looked at me like I had just like committed suicide. And I was like, don't worry. All it is is bacteria. It's gonna hit my stomach and get acidified to death. Right. Mm. And I'm gonna be fine. It's gonna stop glowing and the world moves on and you shouldn't be afraid of it. So, oh my God. yeah, now <laughs> go for shock value. Yeah, going for shock value, but science isn't scary. And, you know, yeah. most of the things that are cool can both be cool and safe at the same time. Okay. And yeah, so we do events like that all the time. We try to get out in front of people awesome. as much as we can. We try, we host an open house every Sunday. You can come see the space, meet the people. Okay. And you can actually request a particular skill set to be there when you visit. If you just leave a comment on our meetup page and you're like, hey, you know what? This interests me. This is what I'd like to talk about. This is what I'd like to learn. We can make sure someone is there who can, you know, teach you the first three sentences and then show you how to learn a little bit on your own as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's very cool. Um, I and of wanna... course, getting on podcasts, mm, yeah. which is always, yeah. <laughs> which is always key. <laughs> Tell your friends. Uh, so I want to get to talk to more, uh, about some of the things that you have going on, but before we do that, Keegan, what's classic Ottawa? Classic Ottawa is our news segment where we read news stories, uh, from Ottawa and we give our guests a break and, um, we inform people as to what's going on. Okay. I'm going to read from my. My new Chromebook like <laughs> like an old person. <laughs> He's squinting. The recent weather in Ottawa has been too hot for students and staff alike, according to the Elementary Teachers Federation of Ontario. The uni- union has threatened strike action if the school board does not end this heat wave soon. <laughs> <laughs> so absurd. Yeah, well, it's only partially joke. They yeah, really yeah. are complaining about yeah. the, the heat and every school should have... Uh, Air conditioning and oh, I see. You should shut all the schools down. Am I allowed to hop in and tell you a fun yes, fact please, about Dubai? Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> oh, have we all seen the Palm Island, the man-made yeah. island in Dubai? Yes. yes. Yeah. All right. So, so, there's a giant building on that island yeah. that is actually central air conditioning for the rest of the island. Oh, so oh, that wow. if you own, you know, a few million dollar mansion dollar home there, you don't have to deal with the noise of an air conditioner. Huh. Oh, <laughs> that's crazy. Wow. wow. Sorry, how big is the island? That's cool. Uh, it's about, you know, five minutes across by okay, car. It's not big. Yeah, you yeah. Know, it's pretty big for... But it, it's for big enough central. that, you know, yeah. Yeah. every arm is about a couple of blocks. Yeah, yeah. Wow. wow. Very cool. <laughs> you get one of those in the school board. <laughs> we got a new study has found that Ottawa's fastest growing neighborhoods are Leitrim, Riverside South, and the Kanata-Stitzville area. It would appear that the, a great power is rising in the West ever since the union of Lady Artemis Canada and Lord Durgis Disville. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Frank, Ottawa's own affordable crowd-funded cell phone, has it had its Indiegogo campaign suspended last week amidst allegations that the creators lied about how original the phone's design is. The young entrepreneurs announced yesterday that their new project will be a completely unique website where people can collectively fund new startup <laughs> products. <laughs> Get rid- I know, Rob, you, got, you guys at Mobile Syrup covered Frank yeah. Phone a bit. Do you have any thoughts on Frank Phone? Uh, well, I'll disclose that I don't write for them anymore, but oh, yes. I did, and I, I still follow them. Like, we're, mm-hmm. There's no like falling out or anything. But uh, yeah, they, they tend to cover these things with more, much more kind of friendliness and want, like mm-hmm. wanting the companies that they cover to succeed. Yeah. And so they were very good, I think, at explaining how these kind of projects tend to work, like Android handsets that get built this way or get put together this way. Yeah. And uh, so I think it's fine. I I was skeptical, and it, but it didn't get shut down for the reason that anyone thought it would. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think they're going to come back and do something different. I don't think it's last before to these yeah. these guys. They're they're super young and and seemingly boundless potential. So. I, I thought it was a good idea. I don't know yeah. if they could actually continue. Like it was, it was very cheap for the early bird Indiegogo people. But yeah, yeah. It was going to get more and slightly more expensive, and then like around end up around two hundred fifty dollars, mm-hmm. which is still like a great lower end phone. But it yeah. seemingly was more powerful than most low end Android phones. Mm-hmm. John, counterpoint. <laughs> counterpoint. Are these guys the ones that failed to make a phone on Indiegogo, and at this point they're deciding to compete with Indiegogo? 
Yeah, that was the joke part. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I see. Sorry, I, I, I thought that was the actual news. Yeah, I was like, oh my god. A common criticism of the segment is this is like the least helpful uh, news segment in town. Oh, I see. Counterpoint. Yeah. Well, yes, if yes. you could buy it from Alibaba, why would you buy it from? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that yeah. is essentially what they're doing, but just on a you know they're buying a a, a bunch, bunch a batch of five hundred. Yeah. Yeah. At a slightly less cost, I guess. Yeah. Right. Hmm. All right. Oh, we're still in the news segment. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, Ottawa's first safe injection site opened today. The program will provide clean facilities for drug addicts to utilize, but will not assist anyone in taking drugs, leaving many asking, where can I go to learn how to use heroin? <laughs> And that was the it's phrased as though you are the one. No, it's just people me. have asked okay. me that before. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you have a friend. Well, you hear safe injection site and you're like, ah, oh, it's like a... It's safe. A community like yeah. space where people can get together and yeah. learn yeah. how to do things. Yeah. Where, where's that site? Uh, it's in the Byward Market, I believe. Oh. I, I just learned about oh, this. Oh, no, we have competition. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the, uh, the last I heard, so I... When I first heard that they were doing those that pop-up injection site, mm-hmm. right? Yes, um, they shut that down slash merged it pretty quickly with kind of a more legit yeah. thing. And I think this one, if from if the emails that I got are correct, it's in the Sandy Hill Community Center. Oh, I did hear that too. So yeah. I think but that's where this that's pop-up the is. that's the one coming later. Oh, this that's fall. a later one. Like okay. this one's like an interim because there's apparently people are overdosing. Right. Yeah, and so this is I read it. I also shortened it for the sake mm, of the joke, yeah. but it's the first legal uh, safe injection site in Ottawa because uh, the pop-up was not right. The pop-up anyone. one, yeah, was just to fill a need in that urgent yeah. moment. and yeah. But then they said, yeah, later this fall is the new okay. Sandy Hill Okay, one. so it's kind of, yeah, acting as the one until this one is, mm-hmm. but it's kind of at least above board or approved. Yeah. Right, right, exactly. They're going to be shut it. down. Yeah. Oh. Cool. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, that's Ottawa for you. We learned so much more than we usually do in these segments. Yeah, this was yeah, this <laughs> was good. See, this is good. Access point for learning. yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't laugh a lot, but no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so uh, well, let's talk about things about Ottawa. So now that you've been here ten years, mm-hmm. uh, well, I'll preface this with: we usually ask our guests, "What do you like about Ottawa?" And we often hear you know similar things, you know. But one thing you wrote down is that you like. The amount of uh, extreme sports you can participate in. Okay. Uh, so, sorry. So, maybe I should preface this with <laughs> I'm from Dubai. So, the extreme sport there is dune bashing. where you, Dune bashing. Right. So, you go out into the desert and you have these, like, giant du- sand dunes everywhere. And you get in a buggy and it has great suspensions on all four wheels. And you slowly climb up on one of those dunes because they're pretty steep. Mm-hmm. And then you fall down and hit other dunes and, like... Race from dune to dune, bashing on all the sides, and mm-hmm. that's that's the extreme sport. <laughs> How long would one do that for? You do it uh, until you know one person ends up with heat stroke, and then Jeez. the rest all tap out. But no, it's it's actually okay. It actually sounds it's like actually fun. pretty fun. When like you're fun, driving right. fast in the desert, you actually don't feel the heat as much. That sort of thing. Okay, but sorry. Uh, so Ottawa actually has a bunch of, if we're talking along that line, a Absolutely. bunch of extreme sports like. To the vast majority of humanity, you know, skiing, snowboarding would count as one. Okay. Um, You can actually drive a a hundred kilometers outside of Ottawa, which doesn't technically count as Ottawa anymore, but you can get a skydiving license. Yeah, that's Uh, right. Yeah. yeah. You can uh, go a hundred kilometers in the other direction and go bungee jumping. Right. right. Yeah. So there's a bunch of things you can do around that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How many of those things have you done? Oh, so I've tried the skydiving. Yeah, uh, okay. I haven't tried bungee jumping yet. I'm okay. actually planning on getting a skydiving license at some point. Wow, cool. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay. I've tried skiing, although I was terrible. I was told that I'd be more stable skiing than snowboarding, and I doubt that was physically possible, given how unstable I was. <laughs> oh, but yeah. yeah. But you tried it. So yeah, a friend you. would tell me, come on, you can do the bunny hill, and I'd fall a half a foot into the bunny hill and I'd be like this is impossible and then I'd watch a three year old beside me like <laughs> yeah. slowly yeah, skate by looking at me like what is he doing it's the wrong? worst <laughs> I get that I used to mentor a kid who grew up in Dubai and he always told me the story and I assumed he was lying until now but he said that when he was six they for his birthday they went out into the desert and they had these ATVs and they just drove around like you described 
and then he fell off and he ran his own leg over and broke it. Oh, <laughs> Lord. I mean, that's easy. You, yeah, the dunes yeah, are actually pretty soft. Yeah. Sorry, it's, easy, it's easily done, but horrifyingly yeah. Yeah. Yes. terrible. Yeah. <laughs> that not six wow. times. I am so uh, sorry yeah. for his misfortune. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the dunes are actually pretty damn soft right. you, know, you can sink your feet and it's just like snow but sand mm. right. uh, so it's quite easy if you fall out that the atv would actually just roll back over you right. because yeah. it itself is sliding into the sand right. yeah. See, yeah so you keep moving yeah uh, makes cool. sense uh, another thing you said about ottawa is that <laughs> you like its interact uh, integration sorry of various famous scenes it's like I think I said down. I'd like that improved. Oh, or, just a, uh, just as a general topic. I saw oh, you were yeah, yeah. misquoting. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like misquoting the guests. Right. So I, I both think that it's both great about Ottawa, but would like to see it actually reach its full potential. Like, like what? What's missing? Right. So let me give you an example. We are everyone nowadays is talking about the fact that Amazon might be coming to Canada with mm -hmm. some new version of their headquarters. Yes. Right. Uh, well, you know, Ottawa is becoming one of those options because we have Shopify here. We have a lot of companies here, you know, sure. probably Waterloo and Toronto are also in the running, but sure. point mm -hmm. being Ottawa is a great tech scene. You yeah. have all these great tech companies that are launching, working over here, and yep. there's a whole bunch of knowledge here. Okay. On the other arm, you have this entire government scene and everyone would like to talk to some government person here at some point about one of their opinions. And, you know, the rest of the country doesn't have access to this, but we right. do, we can just roll down the street and find, you know, our prime minister going, going for a run through a wedding. Sure. But yes. <laughs> there's always a wedding. Yeah. But <laughs> so it's, it's kind of unique in that, you know, between those two things, you can go between the Shopify headquarters and Parliament Hill in a two minute walk by foot. Right. But somehow you don't get that integration between them. Ottawa's actually, I mean, I'm going to plug my domain here a little, but it's a great science city as well. Okay. We have two universities here. Sure. Um, I think three, sorry, St. Paul's counts. St. Paul's does count. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we have a couple of colleges yeah. and there's a lot of research being done. I mean, the U Ottawa, I'm going to plug my own university for a second, but sure. it's, uh, for research intensity is second in Canada. I mean, oh, uh, is that right? only beaten sure. out by U of T. Sure. Um, with the amount of research that's done here, the amount of science that's here, the amount of actual expertise that's here, the, yeah. the statistical average for a PhD, if you're walking down the street, someone having a PhD is higher than the national average, mm -hmm. for sure, Oops. given mm -hmm. all the expertise. Right. Yeah. But you don't have these scenes actually coming together and talking or collaborating as much as they should. Okay. I mean, can you imagine if every single government chat had a scientist on board? I mean, they're literally down the street just right. sitting yeah, there yeah. advising. Right. Uh, can you imagine if, you know, the tech scene and the science scene got together and went like, oh, what can we do with big data and science? Mm. And like, let's solve these things. Let's find out what actually sits at the border instead of what sits in our own domains. Right. Um, yeah, so this is what's great about Ottawa. Yeah. You know, you can get bored of one domain, walk across the street and be in a completely different professional setting. Right. Yeah, the fact yeah. that there's so many. Exactly. But, but they're not well integrated. Exactly. Interesting. How do you do it? I don't know. I think it, it actually has to start at the government level. Yeah, oh, that I makes mean, sense. You know, this is a bureaucratic city it and is, yeah. there's, there's tons of bylaws for everything. <laughs> yep. We're slowly finding that out with, you know. Every time someone asks us about the insurance of the lab space. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it starts at the government level. The government has to create these sorts of grants, these sorts of spaces, these sorts of initiatives that drag these people into the same room together. Yeah. Uh, you know, you have hackathons all the time and the tech community has very strong opinions about the fact that they don't work, but <laughs> what, what, what about a biothon? Why, why yeah, wouldn't yeah. you host a bunch of scientists from all over the, you know, the country and actually just have them be tech focused for one weekend? Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Huh. This, uh, this episode is uniquely timed in that. Yes, I, it is. So yeah. <laughs> Aman and I work for NSERC. Well, Aman's somewhere in there. Uh, I'm I work directly for NSERC and, uh, <laughs> We got the announcement today from the PM that they appointed the chief science advisor finally. And I'm very excited to see what they're able to actually kind of do in terms of bringing people together, in terms of bringing science and government yeah. more close together. Because right. As there's an a lot of body. And, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of government types that don't necessarily understand science and a lot of scientific types don't necessarily understand government. And I think that having that person there to bridge the two will really help kind of get government to have a better understanding of what scientists need and how science is changing and evolving. Right. I'm excited. Yeah, that's good. So we are running up on time, but I want to talk about, and we'll, we'll go as long as we need to, obviously, but I want to talk about something that I think people don't talk a lot about. And 
something that you brought forward is that you struggle with depression. I do. And, you know, you, it was something that you mentioned or, or wrote at one of the two was that, you know, somebody looking at you or seeing how you interact with people wouldn't assume that you're going through depression. Yeah, I, I mean, not to disparage any coworkers or anything, but there are times where I'd be talking to a coworker about having a pretty brutal weekend and they'd be like, you, you really, I, I don't see it. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. no, what do you have to be depressed about? Yeah. And I, um, I think it's, it's a little complicated because to explain to someone depression is like trying to explain to someone your entire personality at a space and time that, you know, they don't quite or will never quite understand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because it's, it's a state of being or a state of, you know, constant self-doubt, self-hate, self-demotivation, that sort of thing. Yeah. And it's not any one action, but it's how you react to yourself as a person as a whole. Yeah. And to get that across to someone is just brutal to not see them, not have them understand it. Sure. Because mostly the reaction you get is, your life's fine, your research is going fine, your family's happy, what's wrong? Right. And it's it's a little hard to understand. Right, it's not as black and white. Yeah. Interesting. So so can you talk about maybe some of the, uh, you, you know, whether, you know, th- there have been sort of, th- via self-reflection or otherwise, any, 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 thoughts that have come to your mind in the sense of how how to help deal with that or how how somebody who's dealing with this today might 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 find some support or um... i mean okay so i guess i'll start with the big one and it's i i mean it's clearly out of the scope of any one podcast in the world i'm sorry but i think people just need to react differently to how they just behave around someone with depression. Okay. Um, and I think the hardest part is not to judge. So, for example, I mean, in every in every community I've ever been in, if the topic of depression comes up, there's definitely some amount of stigma that comes around. I mean, if you want a shocking, shocking thing, in the medical community, like physicians, if a physician during their training is known to have or suffer or struggle with depression they actually are much less likely to get a position for their residency because mm. they're seeing more of a liability. Oh, and this is right. in the physician community where right. they should understand depression. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, I mean, in the Arabic community, depression is mostly treated as, well, does it even exist? Oh, I see. And I think some part of it is every community as, a, as its own little silo has to come to terms with the fact that, yes, it does exist. Yeah. Yes, you should find some help when you're struggling with these things. And yeah. there should be no judgment. I mean... You wouldn't judge someone if they walked up to you and they said they have a broken leg. Right. You'd be like, well, I'm so sorry that happened to you and I hope you feel better soon. And if there's anything I can do, let me know. Right. And I think that those three simple sentences, if that's how every conversation about depression starts, we can actually start getting somewhere. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting because even even in well, in my world, Keegan, I'm, I'm sure your world as well. Rob, obviously, we work for the same department. Uh, more and more, there's there's that 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 emphasis that you know people need to pay attention to you know what what whether you know they're calling it invisible illnesses or whatever whatever people are calling it you know they there needs to be a bit more of a focus. But people have been talking about that for years and years and years. And the biggest thing was you know it's it, you keep hearing the. We need to, you know, eliminate or reduce the stigma or whatever. And then, you know, and you see great initiatives like Bell Let's Talk. And then, you know, starting that conversation is great. And and um, just, you know, it, it, so I work in, in human resources and I'm so I, I, I see some of the initiatives that are being pushed out by the government of Canada, for example, for its own employees. And as much as you talk about it, and as much as people say, yeah, well, yes, that's common sense. I find that there's a lot of uh, difficulty or other people are having a lot of, uh, yeah, people are struggling with with how to actually roll it out, whether it's in, you know, well, mainly in practice. I don't care, you know, policies and everything aside, actually in practice. And then it's maybe because people understand it. But I'm just curious, you know, for the experiences that you've had and for the people you've seen around you, you know, uh, do you have advice for people around? Because like you said, you know, just understand it, just, you know, the same way you would treat it as a broken leg or a physical something that you can see, uh, you know, just just understand that, that somebody's going through it. But just curious, like so, any advice you might give to people. Okay. Uh, first of all, if you're out there and you're struggling with depression, reach out, find someone who cares about you, ask for help, tell them that you're struggling. Don't struggle alone. I did that for a long time and it was dumb. 
Um, but moreover, I, I actually have a good piece of advice. So um, Biotown isn't the only thing I do. I'm actually a graduate student at U Ottawa. Right. And one thing that we've been trying to do in our graduate community is have mental health days. So it's generally a day where, and I, I'm going to tell you the good and the bad about this. Sure. So the good is, you know, you have puppy therapy. A bunch of puppies come in and you can just cuddle them for half a day. Mm. Uh, you can just focus on yoga. You could just focus on relaxing for a day. Yeah. And it, it's nice because it could take you out from a mental state where you're not fully breaking through, you know, your self-doubt or self-negativity. Um, but there's also the bad because, you know, it's not mandated that we show up to these things. It's if you have the free time, you go. And as a grad student, you don't have the free time. You never do. Right. Okay. Um, so you know what? Maybe initiatives like that, maybe mandated days where you could just, you know, it's Father's Day. It's Mother's Day. Give a card to someone you care about. Well, it's Depression Day. Right. Please show up to the atrium or the lobby and we're just going to talk it out. We can stand in a circle. We can just raise hands if we've ever had a particular negative thought. And you could just see that. You know, some thoughts are normal, some thoughts are not, and the ones that are not are maybe because you're struggling. And if you're struggling, then let's figure out what we can do to get you better. That's a, that's a really that's a really neat idea. Yeah, that that makes complete sense because yeah, you're right. And that even if you say that a bunch of things are available, well, who's to say that you can actually do it? And, and honestly, I, I mean, this starts at the administration level. And show me one single manager or one single administrator that wouldn't understand stress or depression. I mean, yeah. come on, yeah. everyone everyone has some struggles, and everyone understands some things. Yeah, that's interesting. So I mean, some part of it has to be mandated. Some part of it has to be non-optional. That way, people know that. This is part of life and you have to deal with it as, as being part of life. And you have to support the people around you as being part of life, even if you don't deal with the certain things that others do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and regardless of how they might usually behave with, you know, I mean, going yeah. back to your particular case, yeah. as a person who's a pretty seemingly cheer, cheerful guy, pretty happy guy, you know, the thing is... Uh, understand that when somebody's saying something that it's yeah. probably real mm. it yeah. is real <laughs> yeah anyway interesting i i, I just uh, it's 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 always an interesting topic uh to to bring up but always interesting to navigate as well because yeah. you know it's there are so many things that i probably got wrong in that conversation and someone's <laughs> gonna tell me that that's not their experience and i'm sorry but but, but that's the thing but yeah. every it's experience unique, is yeah. different right it's yeah. not to say that anyone is right it's yeah. that it's it's just interesting hearing from somebody who does you know and just who has come forward to say, yeah, I, I struggle with depression and this is what my experience has been, you know? So it, yeah, it's just, it's, 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 it's great that you, uh, you're, you're able to share as well. And, uh, because I know it's difficult for a lot of people, so it's obviously much appreciated. Mm -hmm. Thank uh, you. Oh, well, thanks for letting me share. Yeah, of, of course, course, of course. No, it's, 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 it's so, so important. So with that, uh, we have run up on time, but I want to give you a chance to, to promote anything you want to promote. Um, Obviously, buy a town something you want to promote. Okay, yeah. So there's there's one thing that I should promote here. Otherwise, my uh, other co-founders will uh, kill me after. Yeah. Uh, so buy a town is actually running a crowdfunding campaign. And yeah, yeah, everyone's bored of crowdfunding. And everyone, we just heard an Indiegogo failed story. <laughs> <laughs> but we're on Indiegogo. Okay. <laughs> we should have. <laughs> That's fine. All right. Uh, so let me tell you a short story about how mm -hmm. current water testing at beaches in Ottawa happens. Please so a scientist will go at, let's say, a random time, 9 a.m. one day, right? He'll take a, or she, hopefully a she, get into science women and stay in science and men stop being shits. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so a scientist will walk over to a beach. They'll take a tiny water sample. They'll ship it over to a facility and they'll actually put that sample on a little growth plate. And the growth plate will, over, over the course of the next 16 to 24 hours, will actually promote the bacteria that was in the sample to grow. Yep. And then they'll look at that plate and they'll count. And they'll be like, well, that was 1,500 bacteria and the safe limit is 1,300. Sure. So let's close the beach. <laughs> but the key part of that was 16 to 24 hours yeah, later. Right. So you have, yeah. you know, I'm not trying to scare anyone. You know, the coliforms and the bacteria isn't harmful, but beaches do close for a reason because when those harmful bacteria are around, it's more likely that other harmful organisms are around. Right. Um, so then you have little kids, their parents, everyone who doesn't want to be sick on Monday, swimming on Sunday in dirty water. Right. Mm -hmm. And then 24 hours later, they're told, oh, well, the beach is closed. And they're thinking to themselves, thank God, beach is closed when I didn't want it to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and actually they swam in dirty water. Right. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that we're trying to do is bring a modern technology to the fold. So there's 
tons of new technologies that scientists use. The ones, that, the one that we've settled on is called DDPCR, and I'm going to spare you the scientific technology. But basically, it looks for the DNA okay. that those bacteria exhibit and amplifies it to the point where we can see it, just like where we amplify the bacteria mm. on the plate to the point where we can see it. Sure. And we judge that DNA. The advantage, sorry, we judge the quantity of the DNA as being relatively high or relatively low. Sure. Now, the advantage is we can grow that DNA at, you know, a pace of four hours instead of 24 hours. Right, right, right. So the campaign that we're running is actually, hey, Ottawa, why don't we clean up our beaches? And why don't we have a technology that's faster than anything out there helping us clean up our beaches and helping us swim in safe, clean waters all the time? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not just about, and I mean, we may have not emphasized this enough in the crowdfunding theory, um, sorry, the crowdfunding page. Yeah. But the advantage isn't just that you don't swim in dirty water. Right. The advantage is you can get, you know, minute by minute analysis of the water. You can find out when the water's going to be bad mm. by, by seeing it over four hour time points all the time. Right. And saying, well, over the next eight hours, it's going to be bad. Right. You can start tacking on some really intelligent, you know, data learning, machine learning stuff on top of that. Sure. And start modeling our own waters in the city. Absolutely. Once this technology exists, there's more you can do with it. But the immediate benefit is safer waters. Yes. Absolutely. Cool. So, so people should take their money out of the Frank Indiegogo yes. <laughs> and put it into this one. Once they get the refund, or even more yeah. Indiegogos, just yeah. like take it out of every Indiegogo <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and put it into ours. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> so, uh, sorry, is that being run through Biotown or is that a separate? So the, the Indiegogo page is run through Biotown. Through Biotown. So if you just type yeah. Biotown into B-I-O-T-O-W-N yes. uh, <laughs> into the Indiegogo page, you will end up at the right page. Interesting. Okay, that's cool. And uh, you and want... Sorry, uh, I should maybe be a decent person and say that this is done in collaboration <laughs> with a researcher in Ottawa, Dr. Della Tola, okay. who is offering to match some amount of the fees. We're still in discussions. Oh. Um, and the work will actually be done in his space because he has access to the newfangled technology that yes. we don't have in our space yet. Of course. Cool. So some part of, you know, your money is matched and some part, no, regardless of what we raise, we are going to go through with the project and we are, it is going to be a success story. And we hope to be here, you know, a year from now telling you, we did it. Absolutely. Yeah, that's great. Uh, uh, how much are you looking to raise again, sorry? Sorry. So we've set our current limit at $5,000 okay. and and, you know, every bit helps. If we get more than $5,000, then we can get that newfangled machine for ourselves. Sure. Yep. That newfangled machine costs a few quarters yes. of a million dollars. Yeah. So maybe not that one, but yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> we, you know, every little bit of space stocking helps because there is going to be a kid that comes along that wants to do a project and that money will go into that kid's, hmm. you know, scientific education outside of school. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, I also see you want to promote data for good. Right. Uh, so uh, I said I wear many hats inside Biotown, yep, but I yes. actually wear a few in the community. Uh, so one of the organizations that I'm working with is called Data for Good. And who we are is basically a bunch of data scientists, people who deal with stats all the time. And we just get together once a month and in person and decide on what projects we're taking on. And yep. then for the rest of the month, we actually analyze the data. Now, the unique spin is... We actually do this for free and only for nonprofits. So if you're a nonprofit in the city and you don't know how to raise funds and you don't know how to analyze the amount of goods you have or actually come up with the data analysis methods, just get in touch with us. We'll do it for you. We'll do it for free. We'll make sure you understand how your data speaks to you and we'll make sure you speak data and we'll make sure you do the things well. We've actually done a couple of projects. We did one with the Ottawa Food Bank. Okay. Uh, we've done one with the Uville Center. Awesome. And both have loved what we've done so far. That's great. I mean, uh, if you want just a fun stat, one of the things that is most in demand at the Ottawa Food Bank is actually diapers, not food at all. Yeah, yeah, oh, I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, parents who are struggling and kids right. who go through tons of diapers a day, they'll yeah. they'll they'll need diapers very quickly. And I, I if suppose. you have some hmm. diapers, donate some to the Ottawa Food Bank. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. That's right. Did, uh, did, did we hear that from the, the person that came on? Uh, I don't, she might have mentioned it, but I know that... I get emails from the food bank and right, they had that. one entire campaign talking about just things for babies. Like at, yeah. you, th you think, okay, food bank, they do food, but they actually provide things that people that don't have enough money to buy food also need. Right. Like yeah, yeah. things for babies. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, yeah. So if you're a nonprofit in the city, yep. it's dataforgoodottawa.ca. I hope okay. I got that correct. 
but okay. you could just get in touch with us and I mean it's absolutely free why wouldn't you do it yeah that makes sense <laughs> yeah and uh, I don't know if you said Biotown's website yet. right so Biotown my main hat for this conversation is biotown.ca okay and uh, we're in the process of updating our website and we're always trying new things and cool things we're trying to be as modern as possible sure. as every researcher should but yep. Okay. Yeah. So apologies in advance. Is that what you're trying to say here? <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. It's, it's a yes. very basic website right now. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. good. That's all right. But we hope it still gets all the information across. And if it doesn't, that's why you're supposed to drop into the space and learn about yeah, science. There it is. Okay. Uh, speaking of basic, uh, Rob, uh, <laughs> where can the listeners find us? Uh, so the listeners can head to ottawatpodcast.com. They'll find the podcast there. They'll find links to our Twitter, uh, which is Ottawa Podcast and Facebook. Uh, you can also find us on the iTunes directories and Google Play podcast directories. One thing I wanted to talk about this week specifically, not necessarily directly relating to the podcast, uh, is that I last week when we didn't have an episode, I launched an initiative uh, to help people start creative projects. Uh, so this is through uh, a podcast network, Unwind Media. Uh, basically what I'm trying to do is help people who want to start something creative on the internet or to do with technology to get them help and resources to help with the technology side of things. So if people want to write a book and put it on Amazon, if you want to make an album and put it on iTunes, uh, if you want to start a podcast, if you want to make a website, if you want to sell stuff, I want to take creativity, take the kind of thing that I've been doing and that we've been doing here for the last three years and help other people. And uh, I want to say that this is available to anybody. It is for the kinds of purposes that uh, of getting something started. Uh, we're not looking for any money to do this, uh, or I'm not looking for any money to do this. And the, the goal of this is actually to reach out to people who are typically underrepresented in media. That's the kind of thing I'm looking to help uh, with is so people who uh, might be underrepresented in gender in the media, people who might be underrepresented uh, by race, by religion, by any any kind of disrepresentation. I think that uh, I have been saying a lot of good things for the last several years, but uh, it's time to start walking the walk and paying my dues. So I've got a lot of experience now doing this kind of thing, and I want to offer those services to anybody that wants to start something creative. I've had a couple of people already come to me and uh, looking forward to that continuing to happen in the future. So if that sounds like you, if you're the kind of person that wants to start something creative but doesn't really know how to get started... Um, get in contact with me. Uh, you can head to unwindmedia.com slash we want you. Uh, there'll be a link there. You can get more information and get in touch because I'd love to hear from you. Very I feel cool. kind of bad for calling him basic. <laughs> <laughs> That's my goal. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Keegan, any uh, final words? Tour dates. I'm going to be in Douglas this weekend. Oh, I know, sorry, Eganville, Douglas, Bancroft, Minden, Ontario. You're cool. not. I'm going to Cottage. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so find me if you need me this weekend. I'll be in Bay- in uh, Minden. Oh, cool. That's Good. never heard of it. I feel like I would have been is fine not knowing that. Place? It is a real place. It's very small. Don't Google it. Oh, so yeah, don't, don't <laughs> look it. it up. It's too small for Google. <laughs> yeah. Don't look for it. Exactly. <laughs> All right. And, it's too indie. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and John, we'll give you the, the last word. Just say Ottawa. Right. Ottawa.